Hey everybody, welcome to the Cast. I'm your host, Charlie Behrens. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. We are presented by Jolly Good Soda, and here is today's episode. Hey everybody, how are you? You having a good week? I had a heck of a weekend. Jeez Louise, we had fun. Did an Illinois run, kind of a victory lap, if you will, after the Packers-Bears game the following week, and then we did a Juliet and uh Rockford, did Rockford and, Waukegan. and Waukegan and Colleen Maraca, the executive producer of the Cripes cast. Thank you for joining us for the intro. Um, yeah, we had a had a lot of fun over the weekend. Adam Gruel joined for one of the shows. Andrew Rafi, who a lot of you know from the airlines video from First Time Camper, he joined for another. Pulled out the big the guns. You had all of your boys there. All huh? of the fellas. Yeah, it was a good time. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it was it was great. You know, I'll tell you this much. The colors are changing. Yeah. It's that time of the year. It's starting to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez oh, Louise. Louise. Yeah, no, it's it's a little bit. It's just really cold. I woke up this morning, usually I sleep with my windows open and it was really cold this morning. Oh, your morning. window's open, sleeper? Yeah. Mm. See, I can't because uh, I got this. I, I, I like to do that, but recently, it being the fall of the year, the migratory mm. pattern of the geese uh they oh. they are not letting me sleep they're not doing it they're I, just i don't know they're out there just goosing it up at all hours of the night really yeah like, i'm like right by the church bells so we have different sounds oh, that keeps yeah. yeah every hour do they do they knock every 15 off? minutes come on i don't know if they stop at some point i didn't wake up last night but yeah that was that was what happened I mean, no the church bells is interesting that's kind of like uh when i was uh, staying in my grandma's living room, like I was sleeping on my grandma's couch, and then um, her grandfather clock mm-hmm. thing. I mean, and I I didn't get any sleep yeah. all night. That happened another time when I was staying at my cousin's, and I swear I would have never noticed it because the clock was upstairs, I was downstairs. If he hadn't said something about it, really, and then I was just waiting for it every hour, didn't yeah. get to sleep at all. You know, grandfather clocks, by the way, have have gone away. I know I, you don't see many grandfather clocks around yeah. anymore, probably because they're such a pain in the ass to move. Yeah, they you are. Know. They're really nice quality. They're not cheap. No, they're not cheap. They're yeah. not cheap. They're not cheap to buy. They're not cheap to move. Yeah. Anyway. Anywho. Well, grandfather like <laughs> clocks and churches and geese. That's what's keeping us up at night. Yeah. Better that than existential crises that too i'm already up oh yeah i'm already up anyway might as well (laughs) do more yeah um this week got a great guest on chris stefano i don't know if any of you are fans of his i'm sure many of you are you may know him from uh his work on mtv he was on guy code back in the day he's uh got a bunch of stuff on comedy central i'm sure you've seen um and what what was the the other show i, I bar wars right backyard bar wars. Back, he's hosting backyard it, yep. bar wars he's hosting that and that's on true tv isn't it i believe so yeah okay so he's got a couple shows coming up in wisconsin madison and milwaukee on september 29th in milwaukee and when is he in madison the day before the 28th the 28th at the Barrymore, yeah. and he's at Turner Hall in Milwaukee. Great club, great yeah. club. I put that was one of the first shows I played in Milwaukee was uh, Turner Hall. I love that place. Uh, so go check him out. He's a funny dude, and the reason we connected is he's a Giants fan. He's a New Yorker, and uh, we connected over Instagram because we're both going to be in London at the same time. Packers are playing the Giants, so you know initially you we were going to do a little podcast out there, oh, kind of a thing, but um. 
but uh, we just decided since he's got some shows coming up in Milwaukee, and I, you know, I, I figure it made more sense for him to come on before the shows than after. Right. And we'll still probably link up uh, out there in the UK. That'd be funny to get both of you guys, like, because he's got a pretty thick New York accent. Yeah, you he guys does. going around london or something i don't know it could be interesting to see what you guys do yeah i should think of a sketch that we could do out there i, I, I mean the, there are endless possibilities really when you involve you know london into the mix yeah so, so if you want to see chris live and i highly recommend it uh i've seen a bunch of his stand-up he's a hilarious dude all you gotta do is go to is it chris chrisdcomedy.com chrisdcomedy.com on the tickets get tickets and you won't regret it. There you can also, sorry to cut in, you yeah. can also find out more about it. The two podcasts he hosts, uh, Chrissy Chaos and Hey Babe. And he also has a bunch of merch and he has his special Speshy Weshy <laughs> on his website, which is now on Netflix as well. It's it's really funny. So go check it out. Check it out. Uh, but he's a funny dude. And, and we got, uh, I, I love talking about things like first jobs. And he's got mm -hmm. a, his whole first job story is hilarious. Anyway, we, I don't need to give it away. Uh, what, why don't we just uh, jump right into it? Uh, is there anything else we need to say in this intro, Colleen, before we do that? Any no, we other? can do it in the ad reads or in the ad reads or yeah. later. Pretty yeah. much Patreon, go to the website, that kind of you stuff. You know the deal. We, we don't need know to, the deal. Yeah, All right, yeah, let's yeah. jump into this. Fantastically funny interview with Chris DiStefano. When you come to New York, do you do you ever travel tour in New York? Yeah, yeah, I've done New York. Um, let's see here. What's what's the what's the spot in Brooklyn? Um, Union Hall. No, it's literally going to have to be. You say the name and, and Bell House. Bell House. Yep, I did Bell yep. House. Yeah, great, oh, nice. great spot. I can't believe I didn't, I didn't remember it. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like similar to Turner Hall, actually, where you're playing in Milwaukee. Um, right. Where, where you got that that kind of open. It could go no seats. Right. Right. It's kind of a, a, a music venue as well. Right. OK. I think so. Uh, the Bell House, if I'm remembering correctly. The Bell, the Bell, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I thought you meant Turner Hall. Yeah, the Bell, the Bell House is 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, it's mostly music, and then they have a few comics in there once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Turner Hall, a little bit different. Uh, by the way, you're playing Turner Hall uh, next, the 29th. Is that right? The, the, yep. The twenty. I got yeah. Uh, Barrymore Theater, Madison, 28th, and Turner Hall, 29th. Oh, that'll be cool, man. Yeah. That'd be cool. Have you done uh, Wisconsin before? Just the comedy club, just comedy club on state. Oh, nice. Well, but I've never been to the city of Milwaukee ever in my life. Uh, well, I think you're going to like it. Uh, we got a lot of great things here. Obviously, uh, there's beer, but, uh, you know, that, that goes without saying it's Cream City. And you can make all the jokes you want about that, but it's because of the Cream uh, City brick, you know, pretty iconic yeah. for Milwaukee. Okay. And then, we got a bronze fonts on the river. We got oh. we bronze the fonts and put them on the river. So beautiful. Yeah, I mean we got everything here, dude. All right, good. Should I stay in Milwaukee the night after Turner Hall, or should I just drive to Chicago after Turner Hall? No, I I would recommend you stay in Milwaukee. I mean, okay. look, Chicago. I mean, it, it's a great city, but if you wanna. You want to see Milwaukee? I'd say stay in Milwaukee. I mean, there could even be. Uh, well, I was gonna say there might be a baseball game, but that'd be during your show, so scratch that. But yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong if it's your first right. time. Yeah, so I'm right. gonna go. I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna wrap pretzels around my ass and just have fun. That's you know, that's 
all anyone can ask, really, honestly. Yeah. Speaking of pretzels, I was a pretzel roller back in the day. Uh, it was one of my first jobs. So uh, this is a beautiful transition, by the way. Uh, I should get an award for this transition. What was your first job? My first job ever? You know what I used to do? I used to work at the U.S. Tennis Center, like the U.S. Open. Oh, no That kidding. was my first job, um, just being a dirtbag kid from – you know, Brooklyn, Queens, knowing nothing about tennis, just trying to get, you know, you know, getting the tennis balls for the rich tennis players. But they were really cool, really nice. Um, I met people from all over the world. I probably even met people from Milwaukee and I wow. just I didn't even know. And and you were a ball boy. I was a ball boy. Still am. Um, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, dude, I was a ball boy and I was a court attendant which I would fill up the ice and drinks on the court for the players, hold umbrellas for them, give them bananas. You know, I, wow. that was my job. I was their little bitch. I didn't realize that. I mean, is there any other game out there? I suppose golf would be another similar thing. Is this the equivalent to a caddy in golf? Very similar to a caddy in golf, except, you know, like a caddy would like play the, you know, holes. I wouldn't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to hold a tennis racket. I have no idea. I That's literally true. was just filling up ice, giving them Gatorade powder and bananas and holding umbrellas over them when it was raining or too hot. And, and then the rest of my job, well, that was during the U S open. And then the rest of my job was just like, you know, being the grounds crew for the summer, like mowing the lawns and doing stuff like that. But it is a very interesting, it is a very interesting job because, you know, the U.S., you know, you got the U.S. Open, you got the Australian Open, Wimbledon, and the French Open. And in Wimbledon, the French Open, and the Australian Open, the most prestigious people in society's kids run, you know, get to work at the U.S. Open as ball boys and ball girls. And it's only those people's kids. But in the U.S. Open, like I said, it's just dirtbags from the inner city that just got the, we just got this job because we saw an ad for it on this train. So we just are working here as 16 year old idiots, not knowing anything. And then all sport, the drink all sport was the big sponsor for the U.S. Open. And a lot of the players didn't like all sport. They wanted Gatorade. So us being, you know, just local New York City, you know, criminal minded little teenage dirtbags we would run a little operation where we would get pallets of Gatorade from other places outside the stadium and have stashes of Gatorade and sell them to the players <laughs> illegally for like $5 cash. And Roger Federer, who just retired, shout out Roger. I remember one year in the US Open, he just gave my boy $1,000 cash. He was like unlimited Gatorades for the next three weeks. And, and it was just awesome. <laughs> So, so you run this sort of side business off of the thing, lifting yeah. a pallet, selling it, and then he gives you a grand. And, and yeah, wow. Yeah, it it's a it was a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. The thing, yeah, and then you know, also I remember uh, uh, one of my friends because again, the Williams sisters, Serena and Venus Venus Williams, were like seventeen year old girls, 18, 18 year old girls uh, when I was working there. One of my friends made out with Venus or Serena Williams behind there's practice courts one through seven practice courts, one through seven, when Venus or Serena Williams, I forget which one wasn't even really that popular or famous yet made out with her behind the practice courts. Wow. Pretty this cool. Is, this is like uh, summer camp on steroids here. 
Oh yeah, I mean, all that- of all of my friends were on steroids. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> so so why? Well, yeah. Now when when you kind of are, do they still stay in touch? You know, they had that that hot summer fling. You think did numbers <laughs> get exchanged? I would say probably not because you know their father. Uh, Richard Williams absolutely despised us, rightfully so, because he was like, I need my daughters to focus. And you and, guys were yeah. trying to sell him Gatorade at five bucks yeah, a pop. Instead, instead, you know, my boy from Brooklyn is making out with his daughter behind <laughs> one of the practice courts selling Gatorade, sell, trying to sell her Gatorades for $10 cash, you know? You know, I feel like uh, the Williams sisters got their biopic, you know, made recently. You know, Will Smith, he was in yeah. that, right? So I feel like you guys uh, need your biopic, you know? Yeah. Why the, not? The yeah. ball boys. The, ball, the boys yeah. with balls. Balls with boys with balls. Yeah. Played by all the actors from Goodfellas. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, all right. So you're growing up uh, there. What what were your folks uh, supportive when you decided to go into uh, comedy or how, how no. did this whole transition happen here? Not at all. I mean, my so my mother um, very highly educated woman. You know, I was a physical therapist. I have a doctor's degree in physical therapy. It just somehow I just was able, my mother was all about, you got to go to school. You got to go to school. And, um, and cause my dad was like a criminal. My dad was like, uh, you know, my dad was just a guy in and out of prison growing up, like just one of those guys. And, um, so my mom was very shocked when I was leaving physical therapy to do comedy. She didn't understand. She was like, what do you, what? Cause my first show was at this place called the Maui taco. Uh, they just did comedy in the basement. She was like, I, I don't, what do you mean? You're going to go to the Maui taco and quit physical therapy. I was like, are you coming or not? It's five, do- $5. You get two free tacos. It's a comedy show. And, and my dad was like very much like live your dream, do whatever you want to do. Like you can live in my basement. I'll support you. Uh, go f- fucking don't listen to your mother. She doesn't know shit like that. <laughs> and meanwhile, my mom graduated from like an Ivy League school. Um, yeah. But my dad was like, trust your gut. My yeah. dad's advice was always like, trust your gut. Like you don't want to be on your deathbed uh, and then regret decisions in your life. Because I think my dad would just constantly think about being on his deathbed because he was always involved with organized criminals. <laughs> That's where all his life advice came from. It was just knowing that that moment was near around every corner. Exactly. It's true. So was he, uh, did he show up at the Maui taco, your dad? Oh my God, dude, my dad. I don't think my dad, now he lives in Florida, but Mm. when I was doing open mics and coming up in New York, I don't think he missed one show of mine in New York. That guy was at everything from a every sporting event he's like the perfect example of how a divorced dad's supposed to act how like how because like my mom would like you know run him through the ringer yell at him like call him a piece of shit call him a fat idiot which is all true but (laughs) he he would still just show up at every event of mine and not miss a thing ever so i respect him for that yeah he was he was at the maui taco my dad first of all my dad was probably at the Maui taco. He probably ate them out of tacos. I mean, they, you've never seen a man eat more calories in one sitting than my father. He was eating um, lasagna the other night, like out of like a tray of lasagna. Like I'm not talking about on a plate. Like there was an actual tray of yeah. lasagna he was eating. Uh, he was eating it like with the spatula, like maybe 10,000 calories in one sitting. I just have this visual. The funniest thing to me about this whole story is, is just 
I'm guessing you're on FaceTime and he's got the FaceTime thing there sitting yeah. in Florida with a Costco tray of lasagna. Yes. Probably doesn't even cook it all the way through. You no. Know? Can't wait. Um, and just just mowing it down. Dude, he's got diabetes, but now his wife, my stepmom, she just, you know, she's 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 just monitoring him now. Like he was supposed to kite a show uh, a couple of nights ago, and my dad is actually in New York visiting. He was supposed to come to the show. But my my stepmom pricked his finger and his blood sugar was like 250. So she was like, you can't come out now. So my dad's getting grounded at like in his mid 70s. Uh, he's getting grounded for his blood sugar. You know, I, it's, <laughs> it's got to happen somehow. I mean, can't can't you take I, I'm a little ignorant on that. Can't you can't you counteract that with something or you take something and then. Yeah, you, I mean, yes, that's the thing is that's my dad is literally eating through the medication. Uh, my dad once uh, he ate three like you know like a pie of pizza eight slices he ate three pies of pizza watching football once at my house three four years ago had to get rushed to the hospital because he couldn't breathe in the middle of the night the doctors told us he had congestive heart failure which is like you can die from that in like a year so we're all upset did you know like kept giving him fluids whatever then comes back a day later he goes hey the tests were wrong it's just your father had so much sodium in his blood and arteries that we it literally tricked our machines to think he had congestive heart failure, but it was just the amount of pizza he ate. And my dad's <laughs> like, you see, it's fine. <laughs> I, well, I don't know how you argue with that. You know, yeah. that's just got that's a guy who's got that lust for life. You're not going to change it, I suppose. Stuck in New York, the 80s New York mindset always. Still to this, like, seriously, like, I guarantee you, if I was like that, I'm going to Milwaukee. He would have no fucking. He would be. He would think that that was like a street in the Bronx. <laughs> so when is it? How old are you when you when you're doing your first gig over at the Maui Taco now? Maui Taco. I was. Let's see. I'm 38 now. I was 26 or 27 back then. Okay. Who inspired you, or who'd you see doing stand up? Was this some all you always wanted to do, or did you see someone? Bill doing Cosby. Oh, Bill. Co yeah, the old, the old BC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I would say. Um, my, honestly, my favorite comic growing up. I think the guy who I saw, I remember seeing his half hour Comedy Central HBO half hour was Bill Burr watching Bill Burr uh, with my friends being like 21, 22 years old, being like, oh, I want to do what that guy's doing. Like he was awesome. Honestly, Jim Carrey watching Jim Carrey, old Jim Carrey movies. Like I was like, that's looks amazing. But Sam Kinison was another big one, but Bill Burr, I would say Bill Burr, and Louis CK, probably the top two. Yeah. Bill Burr's got this amazing way of sort of uh, making himself like, like he's saying profound stuff through kind of this stage guys of being like the uh, the idiot kind of thing. Right. But that just allows it. He's he's really great with that. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him as well. What about you? Who's your favorite comic? Uh, well, I, I like Bill Burr a lot. Um, I, you know, I grew up doing news type stuff. So very early on, I was kind of in the news business doing this blend Matt of news Lauer, and comedy. That's who you look up to? Matt Lauer. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the button and everything, you know? Yeah. yeah no was, pants on always. Yeah, I know. Just I was about to shave my head, you know, but um, no, it was Jon Stewart uh, kind of oh. like in the early days. Before that, that whole space was kind of flooded. Um, right. it, there's a lot of people doing that now, which is great. I mean, they're all, they're all great, but you know what I like about you, Charlie, you know what What's I like that? about 
your career. First of all, I like your hair. You got cool, you, you got great hair. It's almost you like you too. just dude, and you you look very Milwaukee, like almost like you bathe yourself with with just pretzel cheese. Yeah, which I, I like. I, I do. I thank you for noticing. Not everyone notices that, but here you are coming on. It's like the twentieth thing you said, and I I think that's amazing. Thank you, dude. Yeah. I feel like when I get to Wisconsin next week, you should. I want to hang out with you, and you, I just want you to dump buckets of liquid cheese all over me. I, w- I actually I have a room in my house. Uh, it's called the uh, yellow room, and that's exactly what we do. A few other things in there too, uh, but yeah, you like you like hot a yellow stuff, huh? Yeah, I I want you. I I want I want to I want to go in the yellow room. Yeah, I mean I'll show you my cheese curds. I will. Right, and they're squeakers. Wait, I f- I want to tell you something. I want to tell yeah. you something. What I like about you. Yeah. What I like about you from a career point of view is it seems like you're able to be doing exactly what you want to do in life and in your career and and the type of comedy you want to do and the type of venues you want to do all with what it seems like a drivable distance from your house like you sleep at home it seems like head on your own pillow most nights of the week but yet are still living a dream career so i envy that i and i and i i'm sorry to say i don't envy that i admire that and i i'm striving towards what you have well i really appreciate uh you saying that and um i think yeah it's uh it's interesting because i can do like i just did this uh place adams adams wisconsin adams okay. county you know it's like in the middle of the state but usually a comedian will do like they'll do the big city and then go but i think what i've found is that there are all these little pockets these smaller towns that don't often get a, a lot of comedians come through and they got great theaters there man like yeah. Bar- baraboo wisconsin for instance has this amazing uh theater that's where the ringling brothers were uh back in the day you know when you could have elephants and it wasn't gonna get you arrested and uh they built this beautiful theater and they had a great community there that and they don't really want to travel to milwaukee or whatever so I think it's possible kind of wherever, you know, you just find kind of smaller, smaller theaters and, and I bet you'd sell them out pretty quick. Maybe it's, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know if I could sell it. If I can't sell out Madison or Milwaukee, I don't know if I'm going to sell out bear boo. Well, yeah, but that's, that's the logic, right? That's the logic. Like if I can't sell it, but I think people in a lot of the, the, those towns are very excited because not a ton of, acts go through there maybe it's worth well, maybe shot. i should just move the shows because you know i got chicago theater the next yeah. night september 30th and i was thinking oh maybe people from madison and milwaukee are drove maybe they already bought tickets to see me in chicago and that's why they're not going well in madison milwaukee or but but maybe it's none of that dude maybe the answer this whole time has been take the madison crowd take the milwaukee crowd move them both to bear boo wisconsin that, you know what? That could be. And if and when that doesn't work, don't blame me. However, <laughs> can I st- even if, if I if I can't sell out Bear Boo, can I still come into the yellow room, though? And you'll still dump oh, a bunch of cheese on me. No, I've already got that on lock. You're coming to the yellow room. Yeah. Well, thanks for all those compliments. Um, of course. You're doing comedy, right? And when you're doing stand up open mic, what's like your first uh, sort of big break where you're like, okay, this, I may move beyond the Maui. Uh, My first Taco big house. break was getting called into Harvey Weinstein's hotel room. Oh, geez. Um, that's, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And just, I, he didn't know I was recording him through with the, through my docker through my khakis I was wearing as a physical therapist. No, um, I would say my first big break 
was getting on that show Guy Code on MTV. Yeah. Um, I was still doing physical therapy. I was a pediatric physical therapist and I had auditioned for Guy Code, got on Guy Code. And then from there, I uh, started to get on a, some other MTV stuff. And then MTV offered me like an overall contract to like just stay with MTV. And that allowed me to quit my day job. Um, even though I loved working with the kids I was treating, I, I, I quit my job to follow my dream career. And then, and then since then, um, you know, just been, you know, kind of keep going, keep going. And then I was, you know, doing TV. I had a, a, a CBS sitcom pilot in 2016 and it didn't get picked up and I, and I was crushed and thought things are over, but then I started podcasting and started embracing the internet and starting putting, you know, my career in the hands of my fans. And that's when everything's changed. That's when the tickets started to sell the theater gigs. That's, that's when it all became like, okay, now I'm really doing this because I, I don't really rely on anyone except Charlie Barron's to sell tickets in Madison, hey. Wisconsin and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, September 28th and 29th. I'm coming in hot for you. Those tickets can be found where? chrisdcomedy.com look at that such an organic plug i like yes that. or just google chrissy chrissy yellow room that that's good yeah that'll that'll be the promo code that'll yeah the, yeah we'll, we'll do a little deal with them um so i i do like what you're saying about sort of taking the career in your own hands like i couldn't get hired to do anything for a long time until you kind of do it that's sort of the new path i think are there comedians that you know of that that are kind of not following that path are there comedians that are just comedians these days i think that there's comedians that are just comedians which is fine but the only i don't think i can't think of anyone our age who or out from our you know peer group who's has a successful career without a presence on the internet even if you only want to do stand-up that's fine but they put their stand-up out on the internet like a guy like a sam morrill one of the best comics out there yeah puts his stand-up on the internet every day and that's why he's a theater act now so he only wants to do stand-up he's not looking as far as i know to do acting or movies but he's putting his stand-up on the internet and he's and putting his stand-up on social media so and he's also so, got that podcast sam and mark you know right and he's got his podcast sam yeah. and mark and all that but if you want to just do stand-up you can but you have to there's no way around the internet now the actually the only person our you know kind of in our area who i who has done it without the internet i think is pete davidson but you know that's a very 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 special case yeah he was also early on he got snl when he was like 21 or something so he's kind of that old school thing right. where you someone sees you you audition that's very rare right Excuse the interruption, ladies and gentlemen, but I just want to thank some amazing people who help support the Cripes cast. First and foremost, Jolly Good Soda from Random Lake, Wisconsin. It is a fantastic soda for all seasons. Check them out. You can go to your grocery store. If they don't have it, just ask the manager, hey, you got that Jolly Good Soda or no? And if they say or no, and then say, well, you know, I think you should there. And they'll get it for you. If you're outside Wisconsin, just go to jollygoodsoda.com and you can order it right online. And I would also like to thank Duluth Trading Company. I'm wearing a Duluth Trading Company vest right now. Uh, it being a nice fall crisp day. It's not just hoodie weather. It's also vest weather too. Colleen, you're laughing at my ad read here for the. Uh, I'm just go. I'm. This is an ad riff. I'm not even reading anything. Yeah, I know. the The reason you're wearing a vest inside is just because we haven't bumped up the heat yet. Well, we're not bumping up the heat. Not yeah. when you've got Duluth Trading <laughs> Company keeping you warm and your bills low. Yeah. <laughs> 
check out DuluthTradingCompany.com if you also want to keep your heat bill low. And finally, folks, the best way to support the Cripescast is if you go to Cripescast.com, click on our merch section, and you can get a whole bunch of Midwest merch, or you can subscribe to the Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. All right, let's get back to the Cripescast. Dude, we're going to be in London together. Yeah, okay, let's talk about How that. How crazy is that? Yeah, it is crazy. Wait, you are doing two shows Thursday night in London, right? Yeah, at the Bloomsbury Theater. And look, those are sold out, but I can't fucking sell out Milwaukee. You know, you can sell out London, you can't sell out Milwaukee. Are you a are you going there because the Giants are there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, so what I said to myself, I saw you know, last year, whenever they released the schedules, oh, Giants playing the Packers in London. I said, I have to go because it's actually something uh, uh, like personal for me because in 2018 or 2019, I think it was 2018, the Yankees and the Red Sox played a game in London. And I'm a big New York Yankees fan. And so I flew over there. I was like, I'm going to book shows. I book shows in London and Newcastle, uh, England. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do these shows. Uh, you know, and then, and then I'll go watch the Yankees Red Sox. It'd be beautiful. None of the shows sold out. Uh, the tickets were, were, were very poor. Um, and then I got so depressed and down on myself that I actually left England before the Yankees Red Sox game. I was there serious? like the week before. Yeah. I, and, and I remember my brain, cause I have two daughters at that time. I only had one daughter, but I remember my brain convincing me oh, you're leaving because you miss your daughter. That's why you're leaving, because you miss your daughter, and your brain said, this is why. So I left. You know, I had more gigs even, and I just canceled them all. I made up a lie, and I just left. And I landed back. My mother was watching my daughter, and I was like, oh, like, thinking she's going to be happy to see me. My daughter's going to be happy to see me. Daddy's home a couple of days early, whatever. And my mother, I remember, I'll never forget, like, the look in her face. She was so, like, upset for me because she was like you wanted to do the yankees and red sox and you didn't do it you let your anxiety take over uh you let your depression take over and you and and you you equated yourself to ticket sales she was like because you didn't sell tickets now you thought you were less of a person and you ruined a life experience like not everything is about comedy not not your whole she's like i don't want you to define yourself as a comedian she's like that you do comedy but that's not who you are that's you're, you're so many other things. Why didn't you stay and live that life experience? And, and it was like, so like shocking to me, like when I kind of was like, what did I do? Like they're never going to play in Boston. They're never, the Yankees are not going to ever play the Red Sox in London again. Like that was an opportunity, a life thing that I missed because I got so upset about comedy. And I remember for years, just that would bother me. Like sometimes at night I'd wait, I think about it like, Oh, how stupid. And now, you know, three years later, you know, I'm a huge New York Giants fan. I said, I want to write this wrong. And I said, no matter what the ticket sales are, I'm going to that Giants Packers game because that's what it's about. It's about my life, you know, like whatever. And now, and just as it would have, like all the shows are sold out, the London sold out, Ireland sold out, they're all sold out. And I'm going to go to the game. I got tickets. I got great seats. I I'm going to the game with my girl. And I was like, I feel like I'm being able to like write a wrong and like, you know, it's I, I'm not going to get the Yankees Red Sox back, but at least I was able to like tell myself like, okay, you improved as a person. And I think that for me, I'm always thinking about my daughters. Like, well, that I'll have a lesson to share with them now about how people can improve. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing story. That that's like I feel like uh, we got the the you know at the end of Full House when they learn the lesson and the music yes. starting to play. I feel like that's the part of the podcast we're in. I mean that that, that was some really yeah. great advice. Yes, from your mom. I'm, and I'll I'll probably die like Bob Saget in the hotel room the <laughs> night before the game. <laughs> He, of course, goes there. I ruined it all. I, I, I knew as soon as I brought up some sort of emotional thing, you were going to go right for yeah. the uh, Bob Saget joke. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing crystal meth with the Olsen twins and not even get into Heathrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm glad you're making it to, to that. Is this why my tickets aren't selling in Madison, Milwaukee? They're like, we don't want your fucking crude humor. I no, I don't know why they're not. There's plenty of people with uh, crude humor here. They're gonna absolutely love you talking about doing crystal meth with the Olsen twins in Milwaukee and Madison, Dude. September 28th and 29th, uh, and the code is Cheese Room. You know, I love how that that's your mom's advice. Uh, did your yes. dad give you any advice when you came back? My dad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I got back. My dad was like, why did you leave the game? You were supposed to be my eyes and ears. I had big money riding on the game. And you were supposed to tell me, <laughs> you were supposed on? to tell me who looks sick, who doesn't. I was going to bet for against the Yankees. And now I fucking can. I got to bet blind. And then he I, lost his bet. Yeah. I, yeah. The show that you pitched to CBS back in the day or the pilot that you wrote, was it about your family dynamic? Or was yes, it, it was. was. It was it? about, it was about, the, the, the premise is just based off my life is, is me and, and my girl, you know, my girlfriend, we, we, when we first met, she got uh, pregnant with our daughter on the second date. Oh, wow. so she's Puerto Rican, you know, so new culture, barely know this woman pregnant with my kid. The, this pilot was about how are all these people, how are we all gonna keep it together? Like, I'm like, you know, the, the sane one, you know, how like, the comics are like Jerry Seinfeld's like the sane one in this cast of nuts. That's how I was. Like, I got all these people. I got my dad. I got the Puerto Ricans. I got a baby, all, all that stuff. Um, and it didn't go. But I'm going to pitch a new show about my new life, which is now we've been together for eight years. We have a second child. And the new character in the show is T.T. Jerry. T.T. Jerry is my my girlfriend's uncle this he's a real person my girlfriend's yeah. uncle her blood uncle it's actually her godfather did 20 years in prison transitioned into a female and is now my youngest daughter's godmother so oh, wow. one person two people's godparents tt jerry transgender and my dad tampa tony is what we call him because he lives in tampa florida you know, who's a, you know, guy, you know, old school mafia guy, crazy, you know, what's up kind of guy like, yo, don't be fucking gay. Tampa Tony and TT Jerry in real life are best friends. They love each other. They have like, they're like the new odd couple. So that's what I want the new show to oh, be about. That's great. It's kind of me, my daughters working on a relationship, a marriage and all that. And now how Tampa Tony and TT Jerry coexist and how they'll get into trouble together and this and that. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. And, you know, I, I'm sure like because I've kind of gone through sort of the pilot writing process a little bit. And like the fact that you've already gone through it, you like see these characters now. You, you're you're yes. so much farther ahead of the game on that. So have now, you I think what you realize, or? too, go, going through that, the, the pilot process is like, yeah. you know, like even like being on the other side of like audition tapes, like nobody really knows what we want. Like I, we didn't know, like I would, we would say, oh, we're casting this type of look and this type of, 
personality for this type of character that we wrote that's based off a real person in my life. But then the actor or actress who got the part would come in and do something wildly different. We hadn't even thought of, and that's who gets it. So I think like the more cookie cutter you are, like at least in entertainment, the less chance you have of kind of moving forward because you have to like, I'm not saying be different on purpose, but like, I think if you really do just like, follow your heart and be be you be who you are then you are different because we're all very different you know right yeah and you're gonna get a lot of no's doing that but uh you keep doing it you're someone's gonna be like oh yeah absolutely you know yeah uh because but you give. i heard this once you give them a choice so they can make a choice you know but if you play it very bland it's just for sure no i mean what would you do if you got cast if you got cast in a big show in la you know, if they were doing a show, they're doing Making a Murderer and they want you to play Brendan Dossie. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave Wisconsin where your home is, where your life is? Would you move to L.A. or New York? I Yeah, I lived in L.A. for a long time. Um, and I like New York more than I like L.A. Um, for To move to L.A., it really have to be the right gig because, you know, you give away if you're doing a show. If it's the wrong show and you don't really like the show, it could be great. It could be done after a season. And, um, you know, stand-up is so much fun. You got, kind of have to let that take a back seat for a little bit. And also the videos, all the videos that we're doing. Yes, you know. and and that's what I'm saying with the videos and stuff is like you've created like your own television network, your own empire from home. It almost like I feel like you're living a dream. You have a, you have a, a, a very lucrative, great career with everything you want right from home. Yeah, I mean, thanks for saying that. Um, I... I do feel like that I, I, I've kind of done that in a lot of ways. And it's also, it's not like a sit back and uh, kick it and everything's cool. It's like you got to, you know, every day um, you're thinking of the next sketch or whatever. Yeah. And and then producing it, editing it, doing the podcast, the whole deal. So it, it's a yeah. lot of work and it's intensive. No. So the project that comes up, you know, it's really got to be yeah. the right thing. It's almost Dude, I, got, gotta, I, I was going to say, I got my, my editor, my, my producer, my main guy, my director, Homeless Pimp here in our studio every day. I keep him in a, I keep him in a cage, a locked cage. He's the one cage. laughing in the background. And I just, I just feed him little, little tabs of fentanyl to keep him, <laughs> to keep him going. And, and, and that's all he eats. He eats fentanyl and a salad. Fentanyl salad <laughs> and a dream. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> bring out, it's like uh it's like Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah. bring out, bring out the editor. You know. Yeah. Bring out the editor. Yeah. Where are your shows in London? Where are you going to yeah, be? Yeah, I'm in London. Um, I'm at um, I forget the exact name of the venue, but I'm there. And I think it's pretty much sold out. That's a nice thing, too, because, you know, Packers fans like Giants fans or I don't know if you have fans there. I think I imported my fans there. So I kind of. Right. Uh, well, that, that's what I was hoping for. I was like, oh, at least we'll get some New Yorkers out there because I assume a lot of people from New York are going to be there for the game. Yeah. I mean, that's an I, I like that because you've kind of built, you know, in a lot of ways uh, around a, a location to a degree. You know, it's part of your story, part of your stand up. And so you get those fans, those hardcore fans. And in New York, people travel to L.A., they travel wherever. Yeah. So wherever you go, there they are. And that's kind of how it is with the Midwest fans as well which is pretty cool honestly we're just gonna be two americans in london dude we gotta hang out well i know we gotta do it and we also gotta talk some mad shit about this game you guys are two and oh right now how crazy is that how crazy is that that the giants are two and oh 
Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And we're one and one. We lost to the Vikings the first week. So I'm. I know. I, and the Vikings got fucking stomped by the Eagles last night. Yeah. I'm not feeling good about that either. You know, yeah. I, I kind of wanted to be like, okay, they got some. But, you know, playing in Minnesota, that's a tough stadium. That's a loud stadium. So that's. It is. And we historically have been known to lose in Minnesota. So I'll just yeah. say that. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And I think that what I, I mean, it will be crazy. Do you already have tickets to the game? Giants Packers. Yeah. Oh yeah. You I bought got them already. Yeah. Got them or got them somehow. Because I was going to say, if you, if you are late, like I've watched the prices now of there's very few tickets left on sub but like a ticket that was like $600 yesterday morning is like a thousand dollars today because the Giants record is, is better. Oh wow! So really? if the Giants they are go- wind up three and zero, four and zero, and the Packers are three and one, four and one, by the time we get to that game, they're going to be like fucking ten thousand dollars seats. That 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 is insane. I mean, thinking yeah. about that too, and also thinking that that brings up to mind how like the Ticketmaster and those secondary market people work with it. I get. Do you get a lot of crap from that from from fans who are like, yeah, they'll be like, your tickets are too expensive. I'm like, no, they're not. They're you're you're buying them off a secondary market. What do you think? I'm selling my tickets through StubHub. Yeah, I well, I know someone thought I was selling a front row seat for a thousand dollars. I was like, first of all, do not. It it is not worth that. I guarantee you. I I have some confidence in myself, but it's worth maybe a tenth of that. You know, yes. on a good day. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, you my know. ticket's worth a, f- a few scratch offs. <laughs> <laughs> but you sold out not just uh, not just there. You where else are you playing? You're playing uh, so London, this- London. The two shows are sold out. I'm one's definitely sold out. The second one's close. Bloomsbury Theater, and then Monday I'm in Dublin, Ireland. That one show sold out. We added a second one, and then Tuesday's Belfast. Uh, that's sold out. Um, and then Wednesday, I might be going to Galway, Ireland and adding a show oh, wow. uh, Wednesday, but I'm not we're, we're not 100 percent sure yet. So do you have a lot of uh, are those all like Irish fans? You got a lot of Irish fans, I guess. I mean, I, it was a it was a test. Like, definitely, I will say in the Northeast, the way Charlie Barron's is, is in Wisconsin. I'm like that in the Northeast kind of, but not as big as you. But I'm, I'm my point is I'm I'm I'm, I'm big. In the Northeast, I'm like a mini Charlie B, is what I'll say. Uh, I'm a mini Charlie B in the Northeast. Uh, I can do New York, Boston, Philly, Jersey. I'm good there. I'm also good in California. I'm good in Florida. Um, so we weren't sure how it was going to be international, um, but so far, so good with with at least the UK, the English-speaking uh, nations. Yeah. When yeah. I go home to Germany, I'm expecting to do an arena. What <laughs> when I go back? Bye. You the the way you're selling tickets though in Ireland is kind of like uh, uh, Uncle Jesse. You ever watch Full House? Yeah. You remember when Uncle Jesse like hits it big with that one song and he goes to Japan or something and he's <laughs> yeah. just like the biggest star. That's gonna be you in Ireland, dude. That's me in Ireland, dude. Yeah, you I would do. crush in Ireland too. I feel like Wisconsin and Ireland have a lot in common. Oh, they do. I with uh, Milwaukee's got the biggest Irish festival in the United States, Irish Fest. So there's there's. Are you going to do fact. any other shows outside of London? No, I just did London. I thought that that would be uh, enough to write the whole trip off on my taxes. But maybe I give a fewer up there in uh, in Ireland. I don't know. Do I'm it, dude. There. Well, when are you going home? Are you leaving the next day after uh, the game? Well, I got a gig on the Monday after the game. I'm getting in on the third, and I'm going up to Scotland actually. 
Uh, to do shows or just to hang? Just to hang. Well, and maybe do a video or something to write it off on the text. Uh, I love but, it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Edinburgh, which I've never been. Have you been? Edinburgh is beautiful, man. It's it? I get there on the 5th. So when are you going to come back to London? Because I want to hang out with you. I'm going to be back on uh, Thursday. So I'm going to try and uh, see your shows, which are sold out. Do you have comps? You're coming on no? the show, dude. Really? Yes. I, I, oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to just talk mad shit to your fans for five minutes and just take an ass kicking. Tell them about the yell room, the whole deal. Tell them about the, that you like the Packers. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my broad cheese curds for everyone. You oh know, my it's going to be Somebody hit you with a dead rat. They smuggled I'm, in from New York. I can't wait. I'm going to yeah. go up. If I go up there, I'm going to go up to bomb. Good. I'm going in with that attitude. Why That'd is it called the Cripes podcast? What's Cripes? Cripes cat. Uh, it's like, uh, it's like, oh, cheapers Cripes. Got you know? it. It's like uh, my grandpa, actually, it's kind of based off my grandpa. He had this, uh, he he was like, you know, he swore like a sailor, you know, but sometimes he right. tried to not say the Lord's name in vain because my grandma was around. And But right. I remember we caught this one fish and he goes, so he would try to say, oh, cripes almighty, but he caught such a big muskie. He's like, Christ all Friday. You know, he, he messed up the word <laughs> yeah. he was supposed to change. I thought it was hilarious. So I kind of named it after him. Shout out your grandpa. Yeah, grandpa. He was Bob. a real queen. Yeah, he was doing it, man. He was, he was doing a fu- it. He's a yeah. Who's yeah. the king of Wisconsin? Would you say the king of Wisconsin? Besides uh, you, you're the prince. Who's the king? Uh, I mean, Bob Euchre's got a got a that vibe, you know. Okay, uh, Bob Euchre's big. Aaron Rodgers, Giannis. You know, you go for the big sports guys, but I I think like culturally speaking, Bob Euchre's probably got like. Very okay. certainly very Milwaukee, certainly the king of Milwaukee. Um, I'm excited to go to Milwaukee, dude. I've only been to Madison, dude. I've only ever been to Madison. You're gonna, I think you're gonna, you, you would fit in well. Your vibe would fit in. There's a lot of Midwest overlap between New York and or between the East Coast and, and the Midwest. It's just, you know, you guys are a little bit more abrasive, shall we say? Yes. But the undertone is very much so. Same. There. So, is Milwaukee a good city to do intermittent fasting in or will it be difficult? No, it's going to be very difficult for you to do that because they're going to, you know, show up to your room. Uh, you know, you know, how in every room you go to the hotel rooms, they got like, you know, the coffee or whatever. They just got a big bowl of cheese curds there for you. <laughs> nice. You know? Have you ever had cheese curds? I would assume yes, but I, I, I guess not Milwaukee cheese curds, though. No, you got to get the squeaky ones. That means they're fresh. They were in a cow like yesterday. Okay, dude, I, I'm gonna eat so many cheese curds. Here's how the show is September 28th and 29th in Wisconsin. I'm gonna eat so many cheese curds. I'm not gonna shit until I see you in London. Well, you absolutely will not. Yeah, you got to make sure you find your roughage there. Okay, because yeah. uh, that it, that's a dangerous issue. One of my buddies ate so much cheese he had to go to the hospital get an ultrasound because he had a big what? chunk of cheese stuck in his deal. Yeah, oh. yeah, true story. Sounds man. like my dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your dad's been known to do that. Hey, I want I wanted to ask you at some point in your career, uh, you went on Letterman, right? Yeah. It used to be in the day going on Letterman. That was kind of like a kingmaker for you a little bit. Um, was that the case when you did it or were you kind of in that age where it was, it, you know, it wasn't maybe as much or when did that shift happen? You know, here's the shift, I think, happened a long time ago, like 20 30 years ago, like I, the last person I think that got like made by David Letterman was like Ray Romano oh, from wow. Everybody okay. Loves Raymond. I, here's, here's, I was so appreciative to do it. David Letterman was an amazing thing to meet, amazing man to meet. 
definitely cool honor, like, you know, amongst my peers to do. Letterman is, is kind of like a, the big thing to do in New York. So I was so happy to do it. But it I can't explain to you how little it did for my career. I left the Letterman taping and got on the bus and went to another open mic downtown. So that's how little it was. I literally was on the New York City public bus going downtown at 11 o'clock at night uh, after my Letterman set to do, I did an open mic for six Swedish tourists at this place <laughs> called the Village Lantern. That In your suit? You're sitting there in your suit? Yeah, in my suit like an idiot. So that's how, I mean, again, appreciative of doing it, but as far as doing stuff for my career, nothing. Yeah. That's interesting how that, how that whole thing works. And well, I mean, the, the fact that you got the hustle after the fact to then go, uh, yeah. do an open mic after that. So for you though, comedy, I mean, that's like the thing that's your, your blood. Uh, I yes. mean, it's, it's not the podcasting or anything else. It's still comedy for you. I actually love podcasting. It's something that I, I kind of, Love as much as stand up. I really, 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 really enjoy podcasting. I didn't think I would. I, I initially started just like because I was like, oh, this is what we have to do now to try to sell tickets in this world. But yeah, I fall in love with podcasting where it's like podcasting the radio. Like I would love to just do podcasting and the radio stuff from home and be in New York and go on the road once a month, once every other month. But that thing of what stand up is it's like so in my DNA. And I think the way you learn and the way you have to get ahead in New York is just by doing so much stand up that if I don't, if I don't get on stage for two or three nights, I start to like, be like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm failing. Yeah. I suck. So yeah. I force, I, I don't even force myself. My body just like makes me get up and go into the city to do stand up. So I'm doing stand up still at least every other night or every couple of nights in, in New York, um, you know, while we're doing podcasting during the day. Um, but yeah, stand up is definitely the backbone that would be, um, like I couldn't see myself just quitting stand up at this point. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like some people, they get their, their show or whatever, they get to a certain level of fame and then stand up kind of takes a back seat. That yeah. Be I you, can't huh? do that. I feel like, you know, I played basketball in high school and college and it was like, my whole life was like basketball and like, I would get so excited, get this adrenaline, you know, the night before a game, the night of a game, uh, you know, or like all oh, the whole day leading up. And that adrenaline rush has been replaced with comedy now. Like I feel the same way about a show as I did for a game. It's a competitive edge. Yeah. Yes. Um, hey, we're running close to time. But before we do that, I want to make sure we get this out of the way. Um, can you tell being in New York uh, when there's a Midwestern tourist? Can you guys tell? Can I tell yeah. when there's a Midwest? Um, typically, yes, because you anybody I notice that's very, very, very polite, um, I usually think that they're probably from the Midwest. Um, I, I usually, if I see a guy wearing jeans and New Balances, I think yeah. he's from the. I think he's from the Midwest. Yeah, it's probably um, true. grass stains on the shoes. Grass stains on the shoes, but yeah. typically the the Midwesterns, the the people from the Midwest who are in New York, when I see that 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 old like the so polite, and they're probably just the exact amount of right, they're they're the right level of politeness. They are polite the way they should be, but to a New Yorker, we view anything above like 
not being an asshole where like, oh, like what you're being so nice. What do you want from me? That's yeah, right. when we start to think yeah. like, why are you being, why did you actually really look me in the eye and say hello and ask me how my day was? Like, what are you, what are you setting me up for? <laughs> when really you're just being a nice person. Yeah. Typically then I know if you've asked me, if you say, Hey, how's your day? I know, I know you're probably from, I know you probably, you know, you graduated from Marquette. Yeah. <laughs> Here's when I first went to New York, I, I realized that my problem was there'd be people all over the street, you know, and I'm going with my suitcase. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm in everyone's way. So I'm I'm trying to, you know, like, let's say uh, the subway door opens and you're trying to let people go, you know, yeah. and then finally someone just looked me on and said, just fucking go. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's what I got to do here. Yeah. You have to, like, fight for every inch in this city, which gets annoying. But it's 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 then when you leave it, though, and you're in a place where you don't have to, you almost feel like something's wrong. Like you, I, I, I feel very like if you gave me peace and quiet, I would be so nervous. I would be so <laughs> anxious with peace and quiet. Uh, it's called PTSNY. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Post-traumatic. That yeah. Yeah. Something. Have you ever encountered like doing a show in the Midwest at all where there's just been something weird? Someone showed up with like wearing a cheese hat or something that you can't explain. And maybe I can help you explain it. I mean, that's kind of a weird one. You may have nothing, but I may. Well, first of all, I'm hoping that somebody in the Midwest uh, at all shows up uh, next week. Uh, um, they are. After this, you're going to see a ton of tickets sold at least four or five hundred percent. Um, I, I, what is the weirdest? I was in Iowa's the Midwest, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was in, there's some like pizza chain in Iowa. It's like a buffet of pizza. Okay. Okay. Something there where that was very worrisome to me and weird. I went in to get a pizza and they were like, oh, it's a buffet. You just pick your own pizza. And I was like, what? I was like, where's the guy who makes the pizza? And they were like, no, no, we made it and we bring it out. And it's just an open buffet of pizza. And I was like, oh, this is very, I, I typically want, like when I'm getting pizza, like I want the guy behind the counter to just, you know, not make eye contact with me and just throw the pizza at me. That's <laughs> what we like. And this was like self-serve pizza. I remember that being weird, but I'm trying to think, because when I would go to Wisconsin, I would always be in Madison at comedy club on state, which is such a great club. Um, and I would be like, I think the thing that I would saw the most is leaving the shows Friday nights or Saturday nights. I twice, two times, um, I, in two separate occasions, I came out of the comedy club to walk to the hotel, which is directly across the street from the, from the um, comedy club. And I saw uh, groups of people streaking through the streets of Madison, Wisconsin at the really? university of Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, two, two times, two separate two times, occasions, different times a year, different people, but naked and running through the streets. Wow. At about 1am. Always fellas. Yeah. Okay. I think, I yeah. think, I think the answer to that one, if I were to hypothesize again, I wasn't there looking at the, you know, uh, the bratwurst and the cheese curds, but I do think there is a fraternity just down the street from there. Several there's frat row. I'm guessing this may be a rush type situation. Uh, were they of the college age to get a good look? 
They I mean, seemed not- like they were of the college. Yeah, they were of the college. One of them was my dad. Okay. But they, <laughs> no, they no, they did seem like they were of the college age. Um, yeah. yeah. Was it cold out? I mean, if, look, if it was like 30 degrees, if it was freezing, that would no, it was a warm day. One. No, one was warm. One was cold. One was in the spring. One was in the winter. Okay, so I mean, look for the winter one. That that's probably just a, a rush situation, or I guess that's not rush, but that was probably just a frat situation. The one in spring may just be that you know Midwesterners when they go through the winter, you know, and, and they they kind of deal with that. As soon as right. it gets above forty three degrees, we kind of get this like uh, thing inside us that wants to embrace a- any sense of decent weather. So they're probably just going for a jog and decided it was too hot to wear. Any clothing at all i know that we've done an hour of this podcast but i'm just realizing now yeah was i not supposed to curse uh no you can curse i mean you know no it doesn't matter there people curse on this podcast all the time believe it or not you know ever had a guest on from new york uh yeah i'm sure i have trying to think and i'm sure they they curse too i mean no i mean if you know you're just gonna go to purgatory longer that's really the only problem you grow up I've had kids out of wedlock. Uh, there's no way I'm getting into heaven. Oh, no, it's going to take you a while. Did yeah. you grow up Catholic or something or Protestant? Yeah, Catholic, baby. Did you? I grew yeah. up Catholic, too. Were you an altar boy? Hell yeah, dude. Did what? Did you did you have? Were you a ring the bell altar boy? Yes, when I was. I was. I always screwed up ringing the bell. Me, too. Uh, and I, I fell asleep once during mass and i didn't ring the bell and that this was dude this was like in 1995 96 and the priest came over in front of a church and slapped my, the back of my head or told me to wake me? up yeah dude it's like imagine doing that now they would be killed with a sniper rifle yeah no they would do my brother was playing uh piano had this nun teach him how to play piano he messed up something she literally threw a bible at him she threw yeah. the book at him the good book you know yeah that's how they I, used I do to it. do it back in the day. Well, listen, this has been a lot of fun. It really has. I can't wait to link up um, in London. Uh, I hope I, I'm coming back in from Edinburgh on Thursday. So if I can make it to your show, I would love to get up there and um, bomb in front of your audience. Tell them how yes. the Packers are going to kick the Giants' ass. You know, yeah. really rev them up for that. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I'd love to come see you in Milwaukee. And you got to come to my yellow room. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to come. This is right. dude. This is <coughs> sorry. This has been amazing, dude. Um, I wish we could have done it in person, but I can't wait to see you, buddy. Yeah. I'm gonna guess that you smell good. I'm gonna guess you're about six two, six three. I'm with six a size one. thirty waist. Whoa. Six one, six one thirty two waist. How tall are you? Whoa, I'm guessing fatty. you are. I'm guessing you are about of that six two caliber. Now six one thirty eight waist. Really? Good I got on you. Yeah. I got an ass like a Midwestern stepmom. Wow, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna do good here. You're gonna do good. That's All it, right. baby. Cakes, Chrissy Cakes. All right, can't wait to see your ass uh next week, okay? Thank you, brother. Thank you for this, man. I appreciate it, dude. Oh, I appreciate you. Uh looking forward to it and uh watch out for deer on your way here, okay? All right, brother. All right, sounds good. We'll see ya. Later, dude. All right, folks, that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Huge thanks to Chris for coming on. Make sure you check out Chris D Comedy. 
Ticketmaster.com and you can get tickets for his upcoming shows in Wisconsin or wherever you are listening from uh, in Wisconsin. He's got shows coming up in Madison and Milwaukee this week. Um, check him out. And also, if you want to support the Cast, you can go to Cripescast.com, click on the merch section, or go to Patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. You get kind of behind-the-scenes stuff uh, from all of our sketch shooting and, uh, and some bonus podcast stuff. So there's a lot of good things we got going up there. And finally, Colleen, if they want to follow us on the socials. Follow us at Cripescast, and make sure to follow Chris at Christy Comedy. All platforms. All right, perfect. Well, thank you all. Thank you, Kelly Maraca, the executive producer of the Cripes Cast. Thank you, Charlie Barons. And you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone, just have yourself a good week, okay? And watch for deer. We'll see you next time. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin. The Badgers say it's the old. Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. <laughs>